Hello, I'm Sean Capri, gamer, podcaster, human being. Every day, millions of podcasts are downloaded onto smart cellular telephones. These are incredible devices that have changed our lives for the better, but sadly, more podcasts are going unrated on iTunes now more than ever. An unrated podcast can suffer dire consequences. But if you act today, if you review We The GamerCast right now, you can ensure this cute little hungry podcast will get the nutrition and education it needs to grow up to be a doctor or a teacher. If you rate We The GamerCast on iTunes today, screen cap your review and tweet at Sean Capri, hashtag WeTheGamerCast, and we'll send you a photo of Sean eating a gluten-free sandwich and reading a comic book. We'll also read a review at the top of the show. To make the biggest impact, you can show your support with a haiku review. Don't let your favorite podcast go hungry. Support Canadian creators today and help end sappy appeals like this one. Hey, you motherfuckers. If you want to actively dislike some bitches, you should listen to the Comics Dash podcast because we suck. But not as much as Aquaman, Green Arrow, and Harley Quinn. Find out what other things suck every Monday on WeTheNerdy.com, iTunes, Android Store, wherever you get your good podcasts at. Sean Capri! Welcome to episode 60 of We The Gamer Cast, hosted by WeTheNerdy.com. And it publishes on iTunes and Google Play every Monday. Thank you for listening and for being here for 60 episodes. That's 5 times 12, I think. 6 times 10. 30 times 2. It's, there's so many different ways you could slice this up. Thank you. I'm not just a good uh, average podcaster. I'm decent at math, too. Bet you didn't see that one coming. So thank you for being here and rating us on iTunes and all of that good stuff. If you're new, if this is your first time, here is the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet, and we talk about video games. And if you want to be part of the show, it's simple and easy. Uh, tweet at me, at Sean Capri, at Sean Lake Connery Capri, like the pants. And that is how we start every show. I'm a... Uh, my voice feels tired. I, I've, I, as you'll hear in a moment, I talked about a year, even almost two years of gaming with my guest, Andrew Semichek. He is the guy who runs, he's the guy who, he's the reason this show exists. I put the voice out there. I gather all the guests, but without Andrew, this show is nothing. And a while back, actually in the summertime, he's like, when is, when is episode 60 happening? And I, I wasn't sure what the, what why that was special but he wanted to be on episode 60 so we when when the boss says he let's do episode 60 now here it is here he is that's a that's basically how it happened and um i'm happy to have him back i think we he could be regular because we did our um our gears of war review a while back it was sort of a special little episode also on youtube.com slash we the nerdy good times with andrew i Want to, I want one more time, at least one more, Andrew. If you're listening, I need to have you back on one more time because we talk about at the end 
about running the site. I want to dive into your brain a little bit more about that and just kind of like what what do you get out of it now? Because it's well, I won't I won't get too much into that because we've got a long show here for you guys. But I want to have Andrew back. I think you guys will really enjoy our our chat today. It's a little bit different than maybe what you're used to, but uh, we've had some pretty heavy episodes lately. So we're gonna we're gonna lighten the load a little bit this week. Uh, we had an amazing episode last week with Lucas Rose from Flex Deposed. Uh, just one of those extremely touching episodes. Um, I was just so grateful that we have those. And for anybody who listened, you know how special that was. And I had some amazing feedback. You guys tweeted me all the time. And I appreciate that more than words could really ever say. So thank you. Like just letting me know I listened. I thought it was great. I, you know who you are. So thank you for doing that. It means, it means a lot. And, um, and it's great that, that Lucas gave us such an amazing episode. So thank you to Lucas Rose. If you guys haven't checked out Flex Deposed, you definitely need to do that. I, it's, and we talked about it on the show. It's my it's my chores podcast. If I'm vacuuming or if I'm scrubbing toilets or doing yard work, soon I'll be shoveling snow by the looks of it outside. Uh, Flex to Pose is right there. You could almost say that I won't do my chores until the Flex to Pose uh, publishes. So, Jason and Lucas, if you guys don't get it out there, this this there's just going to be dust and crap everywhere. I won't be taking out no garbage. I won't be doing no dishes. I, the, I won't even feed the dogs. How about that? You want that on your conscience? Yeah. <laughs> I it is kind of weird though actually because I do feel like I can't I can almost not do anything uh without a podcast playing. I I, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts cuz this is basically what it sounds like. So, can't have that. How was your week? Was your week? My week was not just Jason and and Lucas. You. You. Yes. You're looking great today. Are you are you slimming up for the holidays? Are cuz you look really good. I have to, and you smell nice too. My week was excellent. I got to meet the Nintendo guru, Bobby Pauls, and Dayspace himself, Dave Moore, in New York City, in one of the greatest cities on the planet Earth. It was a surreal experience, and I don't want to go too, too much into it. Uh, we talked about it on If We Ran Nintendo, which we'll actually publish later this week. So if you, if you haven't subscribed to that, just go over, hit subscribe. Even if you don't like Nintendo, because I know there are some of you that just don't like it. It's, it's a good, we just hang out, and then sometimes we say how to fix Nintendo, which is probably what you want to do anyways. We all just want Nintendo to be better, so just go check out If We Ran Nintendo, because uh, Bobby and I reminisce on our week, and we met at Penn Station, which is in the basement of Madison Square Garden. Which I mean, like, talk about how incredible the city is. Like, they're they're convoluted and insane train station that's more complicated than anything in canada period is just in like by the way it's also in one of the most iconic sports and concert arenas on the planet new york does it right they have had it figured out since the early days i'm very jealous of that city it's a beautiful city we had an amazing time wandered around I did some podcasting in front of a there was like a moving truck with a mega man decal i think americans say decal we say decal. It's a little sticker on the side of the car. It had an Umbrella Corp uh, decal, some other stuff on there. It's just a video game themed moving truck. We thought that that was very fitting. And I was able to give him a whole bunch of my Nintendo power. Nintendo powers? That was neat. That felt good. 
I, Bobby, I hope you're enjoying them because they're they are true collector's items, and I was wasn't doing anything with them, so that now they're in happier hands. And I also met Dave Moore, Day Space. He was from episode I'm not even sure, mm, don't even want to guess. But um, what a sweetheart, Dave. Go over to at Day Space because you guys definitely he was on episode 45, and and if you listen to that that episode, you know just he is such a a pure spirit of video game and nerdism. He's just the inner child in all of us. And I loved meeting him and Ashley and we just wandered around New York. It didn't even matter. I had no plans uh, other than going home. (laughs) I needed to catch a flight later in the day, but we just hung out the whole time. We street passed. We um, took some pictures with some random security guards. We hung out in Nintendo world and just a very special day to meet complete strangers in real life not even think twice about it and have just the time of our lives that was a day that i will remember for the rest of my life and i'm not just saying that because i'm on a podcast that was a it was a, a very special unique just a memorable day and i thank dave and bobby for you guys went out of your way dave especially but both you guys um new york isn't exactly in either of your backyards and i was just there so i appreciate having met you guys that was that was amazing. I hope we can do it again soon. That was, I don't know. I don't know how that's ever going to work, but that was very special. And we got to like FaceTime with Johnny Casino and Justin Masson. Like it was just the, it was a podcast powwow, which is basically what this show is all about. It's about just celebrating nerdism and all of that good stuff. And speaking of celebrating nerdism, there's another podcast on the internet now from a good friend spencer stapleton it is called the fortress of nerditude you can find it uh at twitter at fort of nerd it's amazing that's such a good name and um they had their first episode go out last week i believe the next one will go out um probably after this one if i remember correctly but nonetheless Follow them, twitter.com slash fort of nerd, and subscribe to that podcast. Spencer Stapleton is a dear friend, and uh, his brother Josh, both of them have supported the show from very, very early on. And so if you're here and you like this show and you like what's going on here, please support uh, Spencer over at Fortress of Nerditude. Love to see people realizing a vision and just executing on it. I'm so proud because he came to me a while ago to say that he had this idea for a show and I kind of walked him through some of the things that you learn in the first little bit. And other than that, he's just taken off with this thing and he's a natural at it already. Day one. I wish I was that good. Day one. And don't you dare go back and <laughs> listen to episode one of the, or whatever, episode 11, I think. Seamus Mullins was was kind enough to, to humor me in the early on goings of, of this show. What have I been playing? Guys, I've been having a bit of a problem lately. There's too many games. There are too many games coming out. I also have this library thing that's a, it's amazing. I got uh, my name on the list for a couple big games very early on, and they're available, which is weird that like that seems to be a problem. Like, I'm not ready for these games. I've got Attack on Titan, Mafia. I almost said Mafia, like Toby from the Geekcast. Uh, it's Mafia 3. What else is downstairs? I can't even remember that. Oh, Dishonored 2 is still kind of there. And I just, there's not enough time. There's not enough time in the day. And the funny thing is, I I just end up playing Borderlands 2 and Overwatch with Chelsea. And those are better games. Like, I hate to say, but I mean, I don't know if they're better. I shouldn't say they're better games. But those are games that I am drawn towards. Like, those are the ones that I'm being pulled into. 
because I was playing Mafia 3 this morning. I was saying to Andrew in our chat, like, I just, I fell asleep. I'm falling asleep with these games talking at me instead of me just playing games. And that definitely goes into our chat. We talk about what will be our game of the year this year. Where it'll, it's the end of the year. It's now into December. We don't have much time left to make up our decisions. And I'll be kind of coordinating stuff with the staff over at We The Nerdy. So stay tuned for that. So Borderlands 2 and Overwatch are taking over. While I was in New York, I was playing Zeal Drifter from my good friend Jules Watchem, Renegade Kid. Finally got around to playing that. And holy my goodness, talk about gameplay. This game is difficult at the start, but as soon as you, it's kind of like Ori in the Blind Forest. It's it's a it's a Metroidvania type of game where you you will run into roadblocks because you don't have the right power ups or you don't have the right abilities to continue on. But as soon as you do, that feels so amazing. Like even just going into the background, the phase shift, and then you're able to. Oh god, there's there's even too much to talk about here. Go play Zeo Drifter if you haven't. I had such an amazing time. There's no platinum, but I'm one trophy away from having all of them, and I'm not sure I'm gonna get it. It's a sixty what is it, sixty minute playthrough? That's crazy to even think about. There's no way that's happening. But Zeo Drifter was fantastic, and that's all I'm playing. Uh let's that's that's enough. Let's get into our chat. Andrew Semichek is the guy who owns, runs, has founded We the Nerdy. I wanted to chat with him about our Game of the Year stuff, and we also talked about the Game Awards. Uh, he lets me do the show. So I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for you. And you guys should connect. You can do it on Twitter, at a semichek. It's almost like Andrew Semichek. A semichek. But no C in the check. How am I, Andrew, what am I supposed to do with that? A semichek? Nobody knows how to spell semichek. Maybe they're sounding it out every time I say Semichek. I'm saying it so often, I don't even know what it means anymore. Anyway, here we go. Here he is, Andrew Semichek. What are you playing? You're playing Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy 15. Uh, um, is this good? It's What's your good. history with Final Fantasy 15? Like, are you a are you a hardcore FF no, fan? I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm I've loved all the mix. I'm, I've never really played 13. I or that's the only one I really kind of shied away from. Yeah, you didn't like Lightning. Um, uh, yeah, I really never connected with it. I, I was like, all right, it's too linear. I mean, like, I don't mind I don't mind linearity in games, but at the same time, it's like when you're basically going from point A to point B, and there's no real Derek Derek or. Uh, 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 movement in there and I like I, I'm used to, I'm okay with that in other games but when it's not you know if it's in Final Fantasy I like to have a little bit of flexibility as you get into the game and for that to kind of you know whatever reason like it's very kind of just point A to point B I'm like I can't do that that's where not does, my, that's not where my does that expectation come from because I hear a lot of people saying that like we're the first because I've never played Final Fantasy games and I feel like I played a few hours of Final Fantasy 7 and it seemed pretty linear to linear to me like it wasn't really like exploratory you could definitely waste some time wandering around but it didn't seem like it had too much in terms of like Could, open worldness so i don't know where it, it gets to it because you kind of got i think it, with final fantasy 7 it's like disc 3 where you finally like get out into the world and you kind of have this ability to kind of do whatever you want oh, okay. but it takes a while for most of the fun like and this and this is the weird thing for like final fantasy 15 from what i've read is that um it, it kind of switches that up where it's like you have this very open world in the beginning and then at about like halfway through it kind of puts you in these very narrow corridor like sessions where mm-hmm. that's really the opposite of what the other other final fantasies were all about 
what does it mean to you to like for a game to be like a Final Fantasy game? Because I feel like that has been coming up a lot lately where there's discussion whether or not Final Fantasy 15 is quote unquote a Final Fantasy game. Like what is it about them other than having a Sid character in there that makes it a, a Final Fantasy game? I honestly, it's, it's never really been like what makes a Final Fantasy game to me. It's more just like, is it have a good story? Is it got a good plot? You know, what kind of combat does it have? Um, for me, and and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I, I look at it. And it's not necessarily you know, because for me, my entry point in the series was eight. Okay. Because I remember looking at it as a kid and being like, "Holy shit, this like looks phenomenal graphics." That's it's like the, real life. All the, yeah, I thought that's what all the trails looked like, and I was like, "Wow!" And then even when I played the game, I was kind of disappointed to an extent but mm-hmm. but it's still i was like wow it's just so really good graphics and you know and that's still probably the one that put like the more the, mo- the most time into so how far into 15 are you so far i'm in ch- i'm in chapter two i put about four hours into it okay but it's got got its hooks in you already i hear you talking about it all over the place it is and um like i'm enjoying it i'm yeah. just not like because i'm in i'm in this other group uh fathers of the grind they what? have a podcast yeah. I'm just kidding. Tim Nesser was on, like, episode 16, man. Oh, yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, I got invited in because a couple of my other friends are in there, so they invited me in. And, uh, and like, there's all this, like, oh, it's my game of the year. It's my game of the... So I'm like, are y'all fucking insane? Really? I'm like, y'all are drinking... I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, let's be real here. Y'all are drinking the Kool-Aid, all right? Because I even said, I'm like, I'm like, do you understand that um, you, you guys are... I, I feel like a lot of people are like, I have to like this. I'm forcing myself to like this because mm. there has been so much hype around it because it's a 10-year cycle. And it's like it's not like Duke Nukem where it was 13 years and it was, it was utter shit at the end of the day. Where like, <laughs> this is like, it's at least good. I have to like it. So, okay. So you talked about game of the year. Like where is this even like in your top 10 kind of thing? Like let's – I want to kind of talk to you about that. We'll, we'll – I have a couple things I want to talk about today. One being We the Nerdies kind of top 10 stuff. Uh, The Game Awards just happened in PlayStation Experience. And since we're talking about this being kind of the top 10 or in people's top 10s for the year, um, why don't we just discuss the way that we do things over at WeTheNerdy.com. This will be my second year doing a little voting and putting it all together for the game of the year. And we basically um, just have like the one award. Right where we don't do like the best action game, we don't do best strategy or anything. It's just an overall uh, game of the year. It yeah, essentially do that, and we're gonna do for like that and just each platform specific ones, so, like Nintendo Game of the Year, Sony Game of the Year, Xbox. And we're gonna like have that little bit of variation uh, this year, but really, we're not gonna have like we're not gonna go really in depth with it. Yeah. So, and it's all math, really. Like, unfortunately, just the way that all the writers are kind of around the site, we're all over the world. It's hard to really get a coordinated conversation. So, ultimately, people just provide their top ten lists, and their number one choice is given double the amount of points. So, gets ten twenty points for their number one, then then nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one for the remaining nine games and it's all sort of just taken care of uh in a spreadsheet and i wanted to before we jump into this year just kind of revisit last year's top 10 and uh, i'll quickly run through this because i now that we're coming to the end of this i like to reflect and, and kind of think about is 2016 better than 2015 and i actually am not sure that it is so i'll quickly run through uh the top 10 and you kind of give me your thoughts on the overall uh landscape that we that we saw last year so we had at number 10 we had until dawn number nine rise of the tomb raider 
Number eight, Ori in the Blind Forest. Number seven, Rocket League. Number six, Batman Arkham Knight. Number five, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Number four, Fallout 4. Number three, Dying Light. That's a little high for that one, but that's okay. Number two, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And number one, Bloodborne. So kind of overall, what are your thoughts on what we had come out last year? I honestly thought we had a really high caliber year last year compared to this year. I think we have a lot of great titles this year, but I think in terms of ones that are really like game of the year, I really think there's a lower amount this year. Um, yeah, like slim pickings and, almost, right? Yeah. Because it's a lot of, I was just I was just pulling through a list of the games that I've played, and at least this is, these aren't games that I finished, um, but games that I've at least played a couple hours that I could speak, I feel confidently too and just a quick sampling this is in the last half of the year actually so mafia 3 watchdogs 2 battlefield 1 titanfall 2 gears of war 4 xcom 2 skyrim which i mean that's not really up for uh game of the year because it's a remaster uh dishonored 2 the division recore forza horizon 3 my name is mayo <laughs> oh you played that one uh, i feel oh. sick about it. i feel like i've actually lathered myself in mayo and so, like, that's the back half of the year. And to be honest, like, it's they're they're all fine, but none of those hey, even games my, except even for my name is Mayo. My name is Mayo was a dollar, and I don't feel great about it. If I could take, I got the platinum, and if I could take it back, it was it was totally about that. And as I'm tapping through, I'm like, this doesn't feel good. This is just this isn't right at all. Um, no. I actually think the first half of the year was better. We had games like Uncharted Four. We had Doom. Uh, what we had Oxen Free, which I think is take it or leave it i feel some people like it more than others ratchet and clank severed uh steam world heist so we definitely dark have, like, souls 3 like that's like that's still my thing mm, game of the year mm-hmm. at this point is that kind of your front runner then it really is um it's either that or honestly really the only other one i can come to it like it's between that ratchet and clank and probably battlefield um and yeah. i hate to say battlefield because i feel like i'm selling out but i i just I really like that game. Yeah. I'm about, I'm into the fourth little vignette. I think it's the Italians with their like crazy armored guys. I can't remember what the, what the word is, but they just kind of, they get these amazing armor and you just kind of, you're a tank. You're a walking tank going through. And I'm loving, like it's gotten me kind of like teared up at times where I'm like this, this game is something very, very special. And it definitely stands above the other shooters that I played, including Gears of War, which you and I were not hot on. Uh, Titanfall 2 was great, but Battlefield 1 is still, like, to me, it's, it's the better game. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I think I think Titanfall 2 is, like, I, I finally got to that part uh, in the middle of the game with the time, time, space, time jump mechanic. Yeah. I oh, like that a lot. shit. I really like that. I'm really sad that they kind of were like, here you go, and now we're going to take it away. I know, I know. It's like, what? It's kind of the the problem that I had with Call of Duty last year, where they, they you start out the first couple levels with, with all the powers, and then they take it away. And I just don't understand, like, what what this design, where this design is coming from, if anybody is actually liking this, because I found it to be insanely confusing. Um, but nonetheless, do you have, like, an idea of, like, your top ten, or is that kind of like, you just have... Battlefield One, Dark Souls Three, Ratchet and Clank is maybe gunning for your for your overall game of the year. I I think I have honestly I have a top ten like the, Dragon Ball Z Universe will be in there. Oh, nice um, one. Yeah, 
I really like that game. But I, I, the thing is, like, for me, it's like looking at it from like a, an editor's perspective. Like, there's mm-hmm. still a lot that it would never get a game of the year. But in terms of like time spent, I think between that, that and Dark Souls, I've I've put my most time into this year. So, and you kind of brought it up the the point that right before I wanted to say it was like as the as a person who's running the site, WeTheNerdy.com. What is it to you? Like, what does Game of the Year mean to you? Because I feel like that's something that we always need to define. It's something different maybe for everybody. Is it the most fun game? Is it the most game you, is it, uh, that you put the most hours into? Like, there's like a defining characteristic, I feel, about a Game of the Year that's different. And I don't know if you've ever kind of given that much thought for, like, what does it mean for a game to be awarded Game of the Year from We The Nerdy? Well, last year I didn't because Sean literally was pestering me, and I literally was in a Walmart line returning a pair of socks, and Sean was like, I need your top ten. I told him to go fuck himself, and then I just gave him up with a, a random top ten, and which he yelled at me for putting Shovel Knight on there, and I'm like, it's a PS4. He's like, it's a PS4 port. I'm like, fuck yourself. I can do what I want. I'll fucking fire you if I need to. That's two months later when I fired him. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but uh, for me, it's just like that. It's the game that has that – like there, there's uh, – that feeling of this is like next level type, and, and for me, like Dark Souls Three had that, Ratchet had that, Ratchet you that. feel had like next level type of qualities. I just think it was so well polished. It was simple, but it was so polished at being so simple that you know I could give my my four year old son that game, and he could play it pretty much without having much of assistance, without with, except for me kind of jumping in every now and again. And that kind of speaks to me in terms of how polished that game is. Because if I can give my four-year-old a full game like that and not necessarily have to hold his hand through everything, that's that says that's something to me. See, and to me, like, I love that game. And I feel like it's, it's definitely deserving of some form of recognition. But I'm not necessarily sure that, like, next year when we look back and we go, yeah, we gave that to Ratchet and Clank. Like, that doesn't feel substantial enough to me like I look and the reason I brought up the 2015 is because I think for the most part like I feel like we got it bang on I think we recognize some games that that people definitely should play like Until Dawn being at number 10 I think is picture perfect uh rocket league even at number seven i think that that's has stood the test of time a little longer than than many of us thought um dying light is really the only thing that we i feel over i think that that was like everybody's number three or number four or something like that and it got so many votes that it ended up like the math sort of like pushed it up there but to me looking back on 2015 and to say that bloodborne was the game of the year obviously that was my vote that was sean messler's vote for game of the year uh there were a few others and I stand by that. Even to this day, I look back at my my backlog and go, I would rather jump into Bloodborne, a game that I've already played. And I think that that's kind of, um, not that that's a really like defined characteristic, but I just want to sort of predict if I can being proud of the game that we selected as as game of the year. And so as, as I go through the games that I played, like would I be proud to say that, I don't know, Gears of War 4 was Game of the Year. Like, I don't I don't think that I would. I don't know that it's original enough. I don't think that it pushed the boundaries. I would say the same for Ratchet & Clank. Um, I would probably say the same for Overwatch, although I'll give it to the Game Awards for recognizing the new IP and the impact that that game has made. As I look through my list, like, I don't really see anything else that is original. The next best game that I might have played would be, like, Doom, Uncharted 4. These are all either remakes or sequels. Um, probably one of the more polished uh and 
I don't even say polished because it, it's taken a while for the division to kind of come up to speed and find its own. By the time I jumped into it, it had figured out its its place in the world. But even still, like I feel like I'm just grasping at straws here to say like what is my game of the year? It's something that I think just is bigger than the year. And with that in yeah. mind, like Inside comes to mind for me. I don't know if you got a chance to play Inside this year from uh, from Play Dead. No, I was debating on picking it up on uh, in the Game Awards sale, but I never actually did. I highly so I recommend haven't... it, man. Oh my gosh it it is a nine, a ten in some case. Like it is so creepy, and I know that it won from the Game Awards. We'll get into this in a second. It won the best art direction, and and I, I was having some conversations with people to say like, how can you give inside the best art direction over something like uncharted 4 which is arguably the best looking console game and to me like art direction and this is why i wanted to even define game of the year like art direction is more than just what has the best graphics the most like photo real gr- visuals inside right. inside to me um communicates something without saying anything just through its visuals and through its art design it makes me feel something looking at a screenshot or some some gameplay of that it makes me feel creeped out without even hearing anything like the visuals on its own the art direction on its own is able to convey a sense of dread and uh you're just alone and everything is against you and something is terribly terribly wrong in this setting and to me like that's why art direction definitely goes to inside and for a game that was five or six hours just totally compressed and dense that game was Every moment was meant something where a game like Far Cry Primal is a little bit more fluffed out. And I feel like this year more than ever, as the the pending child comes into my life, like I need games that are a little more dense like that, that like I'm not I'm not enjoying my time when I when I jump into Mafia 3 or Watch Dogs 2 to a lesser degree. But I'm less I'm looking less towards a an open world game than I am like a, a shorter, just really well done five, six hour kind of campaign. And do you have right. anything like fundamentally against a short game winning game of the year? Like, is that something that strikes you as being kind of odd or you'd have to defend overly? No. And honestly, I kind of almost at, see, I would almost put Batman in there, but the problem is Batman is not finished yet. So I really can't say. Oh, telltale. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that, that game's really good. And like, the way they changed up the canon, the way they've, uh, you know, kind of made their... I mean, yeah, it's not the greatest... It's, it's not, like, the most polished game because there's still bugs on... And for a platform... Or for something that doesn't really, like, push any kind of boundaries in any kind of game engine-wise, it really baffles my mind. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just storytelling and really having a, a fan service for the... Like, I mean, I've, I've been a Batman fan for a good portion of my life, and really, they've done stuff with these characters that I haven't seen before. And kind of like, like, have you actually played it yet? Mm -mm. Do you plan on playing it? I don't know. Like I, and this is the thing about calling it a game of the year. Like I am sort of done with the telltale games. So I, I definitely have a bias against them. I have a preference against the telltale games. I, I played through four chapters. I'm not even done the, the wolf among us. and, And that's supposed to be the best one. And I'm liking it. But holy crap, if some of these games aren't putting me to sleep, like even, again, with, with Mafia, I was playing along, and I tweeted this morning, um, this morning I'm playing Mafia 3, or more accurately, Mafia 3 is is running through its playthrough of hours of non-gameplay. Like, it's just 
talking at me. These games are just kind of running their course, and I, I, I don't feel involved. And I, I look to my wife, who's just playing the crap out of Overwatch right now, and, and it's pure gameplay. And I think that that goes a long way, and it definitely did with the Game Awards, where it's all gameplay. There's no fluff. There's no nothing except the game itself. And and for that, I think it deserves a lot of credit as well. Oh, 100%. I think that uh, – actually, when I was listening to uh, Beyond, they actually talked about this too. And I think they've brought mm. up a very good point in the fact that it's been a year of great games, but there has not been really that many games that truly stand out. And it, it's something where, you know – Yes, there there are some games that you know. Oh, you can you can say that without a doubt. These are some great games. Are you going to look back in two years and go, "Oh man, I remember playing this game"? No, you're not. I mean, like Mafia Three, I was hyped to play that to get that game, and then when we actually got that game, I was like, "This is really repetitive and, and really kind of boring." Is it the fact that it's an open world game? Like when I look at that and Watch Dogs Two, like I don't really prefer either one. Watch Dogs Two maybe has a bit of an edge because of. The hacking and the the drone play, I think, is kind of neat. But other than that, like, I'm just sort of not really enthused with driving around a city, which is very strange to say because I'm going to follow this up real quick. Was the Forza Horizon Three is one of my is one of my front runners for Game of the Year, where that all, that's all you do is drive around. But to, again, like the gameplay there is, I think, better in Forza than it is in in any of these other open world games. Oh, 100%. I think that with Forza, the, the, really the cool thing is with that is that you kind of have a little more freedom to play around with things than you do with, say, Mafia, where it's kind of just so – we've already been there. We've already done that. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of – you're at that point now where like, all right, we get it. It's, it's great. You know, what else? You know, and you kind of just roll your eye. And especially considering the fact that at least with, with like, GTA, there was so much more variety and the open world was dense. And, like, you felt like you were always doing something, even if you weren't doing a mission. And, and if for it to be three years later and you're getting a, a game, it's not necessarily from the same developer, from the same publisher, which feels drastically empty inside. It's mm-hmm. really kind of like you kind of just feel, let, you know, yeah, and I get the story's great. The story's very intriguing, but I, I'm not here to play a 30-hour game and have an hour and a half worth of story or, or then some. Like, I'd rather just have somebody cut, them, cut the game up into a movie format for me and me watch it on YouTube. Totally. Is there anything, any game or any um, genre that you feel is sort of underrepresented when it comes to Game of the Year chats? I, th- I, I feel like racing games, that's kind of why I bring up Forza, uh, sorry, Forza Motorsport was in my top 10 last year, uh, Horizon this year as well. Do you think maybe aside from racing games, like are there game, uh, genres that you feel are quite often overlooked in, in a Game of the Year kind of chat? I think strategy is getting overlooked. I mean, yeah. I know XCOM came out earlier this year on PC and it came out recently on consoles, and I've been playing a little bit of that. And I'm really digging XCOM's you know stance because it doesn't really hold your hand. It's kind of got that very Fire Emblem-esque mm-hmm. feel to it where it's like you know, you're going to die and it's going to be it's just gonna hit the fan in one day and you're gonna it's gonna um you know it was funny so with the, even with one of the characters you start off with like the next mission i played i was trying to uh trying to get them through it and, I, and, and they died and i was like oh shit like even mm-hmm. now this is like legit like i don't i can't go back and save her she's done yeah well and i agree with you i think i think strategy games are underrepresented um I think was it this year that StarCraft Legacy of the Void came out and like didn't really even I don't I don't feel like it was in any conversation for even best strategy game. Uh Fire Emblem Fates was a as you mentioned, 
I think tremendous. And that's about as much as I really wanted to get into strategy games was was Fire Emblem Fates. I tried XCOM 2 a little bit and it's just not the time. And that actually brings me up to my next question, which is as like we don't get paid for this, we just kind of play the games that we play throughout the year, try to expose ourselves to as much as we possibly can. Like how do you think that plays into an overall do you think that that's just the fact that we are sort of a the communities I'm, I'm trying to find the best words for what what best describes our site but just a like a non-paid uh group of of gamers who vote for for a game of the year like we don't get to play everything even when you look at all the people contributing to the site we still miss games um but do you do you feel in the end that we ultimately sort of get it right do you, that we play enough and that enough games are represented well enough in our game of the years I think so. I think I think we're a diverse enough community where we have enough people that, that have a say that we can get an honest honest to goodness opinion on that and and have it be solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's gonna be like there's gonna be years like last year. I really feel like Bloodborne and Wallet was a great game. I honestly think we're gonna go back and look at it and go, this is a game. You know, three years from now, go this, this is something that started something different. Like I think. With like Witcher, I think that started something where you're you're seeing that kind of already showing off again in Final Fantasy 15. You're already seeing that kind of play off where it's more of an. They basically took the Kingdom Hearts style action RPG aspect and made that into a game. Mm-hmm. And if I was doing the review of of Final Fantasy 15, my my title would be you know, you took my Witcher three or you know like you, you, what happened what you took my Witcher three and made it into a Final Fantasy game where you know what like what happens when Witcher three meets the Square Enix or something like that. So, you know, and, and it's just the storytelling aspects. And, and, and even, like, Metal Gear Solid Five, I feel like that, that was a game that was wholly underrated last year. A lot of a lot of times because of the Kojima Underrated? But, yeah, because... I mean, there, it was there getting tens! Are, I know, but, like, I feel like that it's it's come, it's come not really come into people's discussions anymore because of the whole Kojima controversy, and people kind right. of put it to the side. But I feel like in terms of, like, in terms of combat in terms of how how you can approach things and how flexible it was to really get into that i think that that's a really unique game for itself and it didn't get a lot of credit it doesn't get a lot of credit kind of moving forward that it should be getting yeah you think that they like if if the situation was as toxic as it became you would expect this game to be supported through and through and just we would continue to be getting I don't know extra mission like that's a that's a platform really that for more VR missions or something like like we used to get almost like a yeah. DLC like that's kind of funny that we actually got that expansion pack way back in the day for was was that Metal Gear Solid two or one with the well, VR I think missions it was one that we got that the VR missions oh they were just trying gosh. to like go as much as you could with it. What about like the 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 idea of any sort of objectivity when it comes to reviews or picking game of the year? I have a harder and harder time with this because. I can recognize the greatness that is uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. It is not the game for me. When I look at the games that I've played this year, XCOM 2 had to hit at the right time for me uh, for me to really dive into it. I kind of kept it off to the side for a little bit, and then I got obsessed, and then I had to take it back to, to the library. So I only had a short amount right. of time, but I can recognize how amazing that is. Um, I can also recognize even Skyrim, um, why people would get obsessed with it, but it's not for me so that's kind of the other aspect where objectivity meets sort of subjectivity and and our own player preferences um what are you like where do you land on on that line of presenting like a top 10 is it purely i get the sense this is purely just what you enjoyed playing 
Yeah, really, it's going to come down to what what I enjoy playing, and I I like the fact that we kind of have. It's going to sound weird, and kind of narcissistic in a way, but I I prefer us having the the bias rather than saying mm. something like with some people are like, well, we have a we have a non-biased person giving you a review. Well, why don't you have a biased person giving you a review? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if they're a fan of the franchise, it's probably going to look better for them to give the, their honest and goodness review. And yes, there might be a shade of influence there, but also they're a fan of the work, and, and that's going to give you a better overall reaction than, say, somebody who doesn't have – isn't a fan and, you know, is going to be like, this is a piece of shit. And it's like, you where know? does that come from? Like, what's the foundation for that opinion? Exactly. Exactly. Like, and that's the funny thing. Like, people are like, well, I'm not, in, I'm not into sports games, so I'm not going to give, you know, Madden 17 a re- early great review because I, I, find, I found it stupid. But somebody who's a football fan is going like, to love it because of all the minor improvements that they made and everything it does. There, there's these weird, weird configurations that I never quite understood from, like, the, the main um, the main people, like, over at IGN. Where they're like, well, you know, like, I remember with Greg and Colin, they used to talk about, um, they never, they never were allowed to review Infamous Two, or they took themselves off of Infamous Two because uh, they, they loved the game, the first game so much they, they were gonna have bias. I'm like, that's what? Why? Yeah. Why is that a bad thing to have bias? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so we'll wrap the the conversation on the the top ten. We're gonna have uh, in the new year actually. We're so we're basically giving our entire team a chance to play all the things they may have missed. Uh, For me, especially last year, the Christmas break was a huge time for me to catch up. I think I played all the way through games like Rise of the Tomb Raider, Bloodborne. Uh, I played about 20 hours of The Witcher, which just, again, didn't click. I will eventually get back to that game, but I definitely prefer Dragon Age, which is an aside, not necessary for this conversation. But we'll give people a chance to play The Last Guardian, which is launching this week, Final Fantasy XV, Dead Rising 4. So all of those games are eligible, and we'll have some content going up first, second week of January as we start to to create the tallies for these things. So I look forward to that, Andrew. I don't know how you feel, but I'm very excited. I am too. I'm just going to be nice to kind of sit down and actually have some time to sit down and kind of actually play some games and, you know, just kind of take a breather because it's been a crazy couple months with just all these releases and everything like that. And with like, we had Battlefield 1 and, and Titanfall 2 and call, like all within a week of each other. And it's like, holy shit. Like, usually I, I have a shooter and it's like, we've, I've got all three of them right now because of, uh, of you know, Black Friday. Perfect. Well, not even that. I, I got the fucking Activision sent us that review copy of Call of Duty, and I'm like, uh... Can't even play Thomas. this. Yeah, I'm like, Thomas is reviewing it, but I'm just gonna keep it because it's already in my house, and it's just gonna sit here, and I'm gonna play it. And then, like, I sit mm-hmm. there, and I like, got Titanfall 2 got put to the side because um, I was playing that, and then Call of Duty came out, and then I kind of got invested into Call of Duty, but then in my head, I'm like, oh, Call of Duty's okay, you know, whatever. And then, what the hell? What, you know, <laughs> what a crazy that? year. Like, is this this isn't the way that it always goes, I feel. Well, I also like, feel, too, for, like, us personally, like, we're hitting that point where we're getting a lot of stuff to review, yeah. and we're not necessarily, like, there's a lot of stuff that we get that, is free and it just takes up a lot of our free time like i got dragon ball fusions as well and like i'm playing that on my 3ds and and i'm putting more time on my 3ds because because i'm actually playing that where normally i'd be like well you know it's, i'm not gonna put a lot of time on my 3ds but mm-hmm. because i have that there i'm sitting there like i actually kind of want to put time into this i want to actually play this game it's actually got a really cool kind of pokemon mechanic to it and it's a dragon ball mechanic it's a dragon ball gameplay i'm kind of i'm invested in this now that was i'm so glad that you said that because i totally didn't even i didn't play pokemon 
uh, I know that some of the, the members of the team have. So we'll be interesting to see where that plays out. Um, the po- and even Pokemon Go sort of like came and went. And there, there, I was talking kind of midway through the year with some people, and there was talk of them saying like that could be the game of the year. And I think looking back, that that might be that's sort of a laughable thought. But um, yeah, so I look forward to kind of tallying the whole the whole thing up. And with that, we can jump over to the game awards and kind of just we'll have a quick discussion on um, the the awards that were given out alongside the the nominees that that the winners beat out. And we'll just have a quick discussion about that. And maybe if we have time, we'll go over to PlayStation Experience. So let's start. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna start with the game of the year, but we'll start at the very bottom of this list. We're using a, an article from Polygon.com. And um, they list things like best esports game, best esports team, um, fan creation, trending gamer was boogie. We're going to skip those um, and kind of go up towards the best multiplayer game. So the the nominees were Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, Overclocked, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, which apparently there's a there's a cutoff issue there, right? Because that was a 2015 game that just keeps pushing so i don't know of these games like which ones did you get a chance to play this year uh where are we gonna look at this one uh i think i put all of them nice you played overcooked too oh no no it's the only one i didn't but so no i played uh, yeah so i I played all of these except for overcooked okay and how do you how are you with the with the winner being overwatch i don't agree with it I How mean, co- it's hard because Overwatch is fun, uh-huh. but like for me, I was very ADD on it. Like I, I would play for a couple minutes or a couple matches, and I'd be done. And then mm-hmm. you sit there, and then you're like, "Well, what else can I do?" Like there's a, there's no single player. There isn't any kind of like real incentive other than you want to unlock these kind of nice little tchotchke things that you can uh, you know change your character with or get these other you know special moves, but you can't necessarily progress in your one character you're getting randomized things so it's really like eh? mm-hmm. like honestly i really like rainbow six siege i got into that over the summer because there was a discount at gamestop so i got it for 25 dollars, and i really like that but at least with that like i felt like every match was different there was a little bit more meat to it um it's in interesting of, that these are all shooters these multiplayer games other than overcooked uh, yeah other these than overcooked, are all shooters I, I mean, if you're looking for one that's got the probably the, the most complete package here, I'd probably say Battlefield One. I mean, that's one that is another one where like every every match is different, and it's just got this really awesome, just you know, beautiful score that every time you're playing, like, even if you're on the losing end, you feel like you know, you're like, let's just do one more. We've got this guy. Oh, <laughs> you know, you can be down, but you feel like you're never out of it. Um, yeah. Even with like Gears of War Four. And Titanfall 2, like Titanfall 2 has a really good multiplayer aspect. It's a shame that it doesn't have the amount of players that it needs to really have to be a, to be a thriving community. But it's really good multiplayer. Gears of War 4 has its its strongest element is its multiplayer I with agree. horde mode and and just general multiplayer. Yeah, it's by far the best, the most fun multiplayer version of Gears I've played. But it hurts me because the single player campaign was so meh. Much to the chagrin of some of our commenters that on our review for the site, but hey, suck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, okay, so Overwatch, I think I get it, and I won't. I don't want to dwell on this 
too too much but yeah interesting interesting win there uh best sports we'll race through this one uh, i'm happy with this one uh the nominees were fifa 17 forza horizon 3 mlb the show 16 nba 2k 17 and pro evolution soccer 2017 and i actually it's funny because they said sports slash racing uh which th- i feel like the slash was just put in there so forza horizon 3 could get a little something something this year uh obviously very well deserved um and usually NBA 2K17 is is the one that kind of walks away with this. FIFA, FIFA 17 uh, introduced their sort of journey mode where they have a bit of, the, of a story. And I played through it as far as I could with the trial that you get with EA Access. And I mm-hmm. liked it. I, I was actually kind of, uh, I wasn't upset, but I, I, I wanted to play more when they when they finally pulled the plug. And like, that's enough. Because like, I, I could have gone through the entire thing with the 10-hour trial that, that you get. So they they cut you off at a certain point, just when it's about to get good, and I was enjoying that while 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 it lasted. Best family game: Dragon Quest Builders, Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Pokemon Go, Ratchet and Clank, and Skylanders: Imaginators. And the winner was Pokemon Go from Niantic. And as a family man, I don't know how you feel about this. You probably you probably played most of these games. Yeah, besides Skylanders and Dragon Quest Builders, I'd really say out of these two. Uh... All right, these three. I mean, Pokemon Go, no way. I mean, I put a lot of hours in Pokemon Go myself, and that game was I, I was an idiot for doing that because that game did not live up to its hype whatsoever. And they're now just trying to fix it. It's basically the No Man's Sky before there was No Man's Sky. Amazing, amazing. Because <laughs> the, the thing is, like the the feeling that I that I recall while playing my my summer with Pokemon Go was every single time I loaded it up, I was like, this game is bad. Like every and and playing even the battles, I'm like, this is dumb, but I'm having fun. Like it's it was it was stupid fun, and for that reason, I wouldn't allow it to win a, a, an award of any real significance. So I I had a few moments with Dragon Quest Builders. It's just not a game for me. But my my vote would have been Ratchet and Clank. I think Lego Star Wars. If they had gone, if Lego goes back towards the um. What are they? The undercover, the city undercover games, where it's more of an open world. I like to see them go back to that with, with the Wii U games and the 3DS games, and then Skylanders. Well, they're releasing that. Like, yeah, I know they're coming back. Well, it's the same game. I would just like to see them kind of take that style and apply the other different licenses to it. Like we know what we're getting. We're getting Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens. It's the same as the other ones, just newer. Um, but it's the same format. I would love to see them do like a Lego Star Wars game in the format of an open world Lego game that they've done. Cause that, that seems more fresh to me than Watch Dogs 2 or, or, uh, Mafia 3 things like that. But anyway. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I probably between the two. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually really enjoyed Lego Star Wars Force Awakens. That was a game when I played, uh, with my son, but it was more like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. If you, that's a tough call for me, honestly, because I really enjoy. It. I feel like Lego Star Wars is probably the most polished Lego game in a while, next to like even hmm. like Lego Dimensions. I feel like they put like a, a couple of new new pieces in there that were a little bit more for like hardcore gaming fans, like the cover mechanics and the shooting mechanics. Yeah, and I like that change up. But I think in terms of overall quality, yeah, I'd probably put Ratchet and Clank there as well. Nice. Yeah, that's that'd probably get my, the nod from me, and I, I'm. Curious to see what happens with Skylanders. There's rumors that that's going to be the last one from them. Moving on to best strategy game, we have Civ Six. This is, I don't know if either of us played any of these games. Civ Six, Fire Emblem Fates, The Banner Saga 2, Total War, Warhammer, XCOM 2. Actually, as soon as I, I, I did play XCOM 2 and Fire Emblem Fates, but the winner was Civ Six. I don't 
Yeah. I, know if I, agree. I mean, every I've never played a Civ game, so I don't I don't know what the whole hype is on that. So Me I really neither. can't say. But Banner Stock, I feel is a shame. I I haven't played. I, I own both of them, and I plan on playing them. Unfortunately, they're on different consoles. That's kind of why it's holding me back right now because I kind of yeah. want to get. I want hopefully because I have Banner Saga one on PS4. And I'm hoping to get this Banner Saga two on PS4 when it gets cheap. But uh, I hope that that does happen because I kind of want to play both of them. I've, I've heard such good things about them. XCOM two is a lot of fun. XCOM two is um, great. This is I think a thing where the game came out recently, so it's top of mind. Because XCOM yeah. 2 is excellent. Fire Emblem Fates is spectacular, but it came out so long ago. It's like, did, was that 2016? So, interesting nonetheless. I think Civ 6, I think, is also one of those Civilization games that have been around for so long. It's just like, give them something. It's kind of like the voice yeah. actor that we got later. Uh, best Fighting Game, Killer Instinct Season 3, King of Fighters 14, Pokémon Tournament, and then Street Fighter 5. And the winner being Street Fighter 5. And I feel like that... I didn't okay, so I didn't play these games, but I know that Street Fighter V was broken or incomplete when it was released, and I feel like for that reason alone, it should almost be disqualified in a way. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was about to say the same thing. It's, it's really odd that a game that came out that was broken that that's really been bad in sales too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they like even Sony this weekend was having it for set for twenty dollars because it, it really hasn't sold that well. It has not sold anywhere near what anybody wanted it to. Well, because it was rushed out for the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that this was a this was the right move. But that's that's why uh, we we're here to talk about it. Best RPG: yeah. Dark Souls Three, Deus Ex, A Day of Sex. I think is how it's called. Mankind Divided, <laughs> uh, The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt, Blood and Wine, World of Warcraft, Legion, and then Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles X. And the winner was with The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt, Blood and Wine. And I heard um, Bobby, the Nintendo guru, talking about this on the GeekCast. And I actually have to agree with him that I don't know that this is really the right move either. The fact that this is a – I get that it's a standalone pack. But how do you how do you overlook these other games as being um, new, brand new titles instead of just add-on packs? Yeah, same here. That's why I said I was actually talking to a coworker about it on Friday. And – the fact that everything else here is a full-blown, fresh title, and then you have an expansion pack win, which you, you can't play on your own. You still need to have Witcher 3 on your system for it to work. Oh, and, do you? Yeah, so it's not its own standalone thing. It's it, it's it's a expansion. It is the second expansion of the game that basically like Legion, has every kind then. of... Exactly. And, you know, I would disqualify World of Warcraft Legion. I mean, honestly, from the three... I've, <laughs> I mean, I've played, I've played three of the five. I want to play Xenoblade Chronicles X... I don't have a Wii U. I don't have a 3DS that'll play it. Um, I would honestly say Dark Souls 3. That's also because it's also my game, probably my game of the year at this point. I love Deus Ex Mankind Divided as well. I like I like the fact that it gives a lot more openness to the game than uh, what was the last one that was? Whatever one came out in 2011 was. Human Revolution. Um, thank you. That, it, that they were, They're both great games. Uh, but really... Having an expansion with that title is just it's silly. I mean, if you want to put a, uh, a, a category in for best expansion slash DLC, Witcher 3 would win that bar none. Mm-hmm. Putting that in there as a best RPG when you have to have the original Witcher 3 in there, basically played it to kind of see how the events play out properly, is really kind of baffling for this to have won any, anything. 
you kind of knew that this was coming as soon as you saw the nominees and it like it kind of stood out like that's kind of weird that that that's there so maybe we saw this one coming uh i'm I'm interested to see like i don't know what the what the cutoff is because i feel like dishonor 2 would actually sit nicely right next to deus ex i feel like those games are are similar in a way in the way that they allow you to play and actually as soon as you mentioned human revolution it reminded me that that was my first we the gamer cast was we were talking about um deus ex the reveal of deus ex mankind uh divided over a year and a half ago or something like that and we were talking about um human revolution and the history of the series and things like that it was like my first or second episode of we the gamer cast so that's neat look at that little tie back all comes back to circle and speaking of dishonor too oh what about it oh here it is oh, no, I'm that's yeah, actually no yeah <laughs> like you're oh, leading me down a path okay so they then. they called it a best uh, an action adventure game so best action adventure game uh dishonor 2 hitman hyper light drifter ratchet and clank uncharted 4 colon a thief's end and the winner was dishonor 2 how do you feel about this well, I like Dishonor 2, and I, I really yeah. am enjoying it. I mean, honestly, I went into it without any expectations. I played Dishonor 1, really enjoyed that. Uh, got Dishonor 2 about a week ago. On, it was used from GameStop, so I got some discounts on it. Uh, I was... I, I, I enjoy it, but do I enjoy it over Ratchet and Clank and Uncharted 4? No. I yeah. still think out of, out, of those, out of those five options, Uncharted 4 for me was the one that, that would have won that one. I am right there with you. I think Uncharted, this is another thing where we forgot how great that game was. It came out so long ago, and we forgot how it just punched us all in the gut. It it nailed the beginning, the middle, and the end, the story, the, the graphics, the, the the feel of the game, and the transition from Amy Hennig to Bruce and Neil, I think was really great. Uh, I gave it a 10. That was actually one of two 10s that I gave out this year. So I'm just raising the average. So I think we're in agreement there. Uncharted 4 was uh, was robbed on this one. Best action game is next. Battlefield 1, Doom, Gears of War 4, Overwatch, and Titanfall 2. This is a loaded category. And to be honest with you, I could have given this to anything except for (laughs) Gears of War 4. I don't think that that's actually... I don't feel like that uh is as good as any of these games um and the winner ultimately was was doom and i was very pleased to see that one uh agreed i i doom was a pleasant surprise for me this year especially yep. with kind of the media blackout they had and and bethesda beginning the beginning their uh evolution of fuck the media um <laughs> uh, as as they basically put it uh it was it, it was definitely a surprise and Kind of see that I, I was one of the ones at first. I was like, ah, I don't really understand. This game is kind of weird. And then kind of, but then as you, I got into it, I kind of got into that groove where I wanted to play. I was like, oh mm-hmm. man, this is great. Because you get those 20, 20 second or 20 minute bits of just, you know, action. Just, it's all, you know, it's insane. It's kind of like that really cathartic, visceral feeling that you get when you're playing a game like that. You really don't get that anymore. And it really kind of brought back what what Doom was all about and what what the original idea of Doom was. Back yeah, it definitely. Nineties. It matched what we all remember Doom being with the capabilities of, capabilities of our of our technology now, and just the speed and the music and the attitude. This was a realized vision that was executed so amazingly well, and I feel like 
when you talk about an action game, there's nothing better than this. This is pure action. This is pure gameplay, which is why this will be so high up on my top 10 list as we were talking before. Same reason that Bloodborne was last year. It just nails exactly what it wants to and the attitude and the way that it controls is phenomenal and as soon as that clicks for you like as soon as you go oh that's what this game is trying to trying to do i was in the entire time it was actually sad that it was over so we're gonna skip over vr we're gonna skip over best handheld um independent game went to or sorry the nominees were firewatch hyperlight drifter inside stardew valley and the witness again another loaded category ultimately going to inside um where where are we at with this one? Uh, I really I I haven't played any of them. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of hard. I mean, I want to play Firewatch, but I know that's gonna be a PS Plus game soon. I know. Uh, <laughs> just because it's like, damn it. Um, yeah. Stardew Valley. I I haven't played that. I mean, The Witness is another one. I, the Witness is one of those ones where I, they're like, oh, it's an amazing game. Like it's a it, that is a hardcore mm-hmm. straight puzzle brain game. That's just not something that, that that's up my alley. Um, I would probably say inside just because of all the, the positive reviews I've been hearing about it and it makes the most sense, yeah. uh, for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I definitely want to try out the witness, but as I've mentioned with some of these other games, like it's got to hit at the right time. So we'll move on to, uh, what I felt like was the, the crowning and the, the pinnacle of the show, which was the games for impact, um, 1979 revolution block hood orwell sea hero and then the winner that dragon cancer and i just remember when this game came out and the story of the the developer and and them losing their son to to cancer and knowing that background just that very brief story and not knowing all the details that can come along with the game as soon as that guy stood up i'm like this is gonna be this is gonna be heavy and yeah. he obviously just bears his soul within the game and then um, in front of everyone when he when he delivers that speech. And I was waiting for my plane coming back from, from New York. I was sitting in Toronto watching this thing. And I'm like, I was full on like tears. I was so moved by his, his vulnerability and standing up in front of everybody. And he just kind of, he lets out like a sigh. And that's where I was like, I can't watch grown men cry. Like that is just, that's what does it for me. So a very moving moment. I'm glad that he got um, some recognition for this for whatever it's worth and however that helps. Uh, I'm just glad that he gets something for that. And not commenting on the game or any of these other games because I didn't play any of them. I'm just kind of glad for what this guy went through is something that many people do. And I think that that's why a lot of people connected with it. Uh, We're just going to keep things moving. Um, Best performance this is a loaded one with Uncharted. So Alex Hernandez as Lincoln Play, Sissy Jones as Delilah from Firewatch, Emily Rose as Elena from Uncharted, Nolan North as Nathan Drake, of course, uh, Rich Summer as Henry from Firewatch, Troy Baker as Sam Drake from Uncharted 4. And just before I ask you, I was surprised a little bit to see everyone so clearly voting for Nolan North because I, um, as much as I think Troy Baker is gets a lot of the limelight year over year over year, I felt like him as Sam in Uncharted 4 was one of his best performances I've seen. I love Sam in Uncharted. I, I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed him in that, but I also felt <laughs> so like it was me. a little too, it was a little too on the nose. Mm. It was kind of like, I felt like he was just, it was Troy Baker. 
being Troy Baker, it kind of like I almost felt like with his uh, it was like his Call of Duty Advanced Warfighter role, where you, you kind of don't have like when you listen to Joel from The Last of Us, you don't really you you, you can tell, but you kind of got to go a couple of layers in to really get that Troy Baker tone. Yeah. Where with Sam, it's kind of like it's just on that the the higher levels of like oh wait, right, this is this is Troy Baker voicing a character. Does it does it impact his performance? Not really, but I feel like. Because this is Nolan North send off with the franchise, yeah. For now, oh for sure, for sure. It was it was it was a no brainer for me, and I, I agree with it. I mean, he was probably at his best in that role this time around, and you know that game as a whole was probably one of one of the better choices for. I mean, for, for that asking, yeah, the voice acting content because it, it mm-hmm. was it was so it was so well good. I mean, even. Uh, Emily Rose, Elena, I mean, all these people were oh, so, man. so good. Her role was so evolved in this game compared to the other ones. They, just, they took her to the next level, which I felt was great. And then, yeah, so I won't I won't dwell on that. Uh, best music and design. This one went to Doom. There's no, there's not even, it's not even worth mentioning the other ones. <laughs> Actually, that's... Well, Battlefield, I, just, I would say Battlefield 1 probably. I, I'm kidding. I shouldn't say that at all because Inside was creepy as hell. So, and I don't want to marginalize um, these other games because they were fantastic. I'm just being mindful of the time. Um, we talked a little bit about the best art direction. It went to Inside, but nods to Uncharted 4, Overwatch, Firewatch, and Abzu. Uh, I'm going to scroll up here. We're going to we're gonna go to game direction. Uh so these were the studios. So Blizzard for Overwatch, Dice for Battlefield 1, id Software for Doom, Naughty Dog for Uncharted 4, and then Respawn for Titanfall 2. This is a, this is a tough one for the Game Awards because it seems like this one is a is a direct indicator of what should win maybe the game of the year. So this one went to, to Blizzard for Overwatch, and uh, I gather you're not in agreement with that one either. No, I would probably say Dice or id Software. Yeah, I agree. It's software. It's kind of like just realizing that vision and executing on all cylinders was was very well done. And then the game of the year, Doom Inside, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and Uncharted 4 with the winner going to Overwatch. And then just to pull things back, do you feel like this was a good representation of the top five games of 2016? No, I, I think... Titanfall 2 was a great game, but there's a very generic plot in the first half of it. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of very, it's very just it's generic. It's really yeah. the only way to put it. I felt like a sympathy I would vote. Put, yeah, it was very sympathetic. I mean, I understand that they're trying to, I feel like like with best game direction for a second, I'm going to go back for a second. With, whole, with everything from Bethesda kind of giving a middle finger to the press, I think that's a retaliatory point where they said, fuck it, fuck it, we're going to say fuck Bethesda, and we're going to put Blizzard on there because we're basically just trying to kiss their ass at this point. Hmm. Same with mm-hmm. Game of the Year because I know that they want to put Titanfall 2 on there to give Respawn some much-needed news with that. But if you're looking at Game of the Year from the five candidates that are being on there, I would either give it to Doom or Uncharted 4. Uh, I would also remove Titanfall 2 and probably put Dark Souls 3 in there. I would also probably, from my own perspective, take Inside out of there and put in something like uh, Ratchet and Clank. Or even if you wanted to go out and, and kind of stretch Final Fantasy 15, just because, but because it was so fresh, it's hard to put it out there. But uh-huh. you know, just to have it, just to have something else in there because I really don't think. I mean, Titanfall 2 again, a great game. Battlefield 1 was a superior game. I even think to an extent, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is a superior game. And that's the thing, like Call of Duty is nowhere to be found on any of these. No, and I feel like it, it this is very this is probably the most respectable year the game awards has been. It was also the most like streamlined version. Yeah. But at the same time it's like there's some really weird I mean Call of Duty 
Infinite Warfare is probably the best Bat- Call of Duty game that's been out for a long time. Because uh, I didn't like Black Ops 3 a lot. I played through that whole thing. I thought the multiplayer was good, not great. Uh, that's just me. Advanced Warfare was probably the one uh, I, pu- I put a lot of time into. I in the single player one of that one at all. I enjoyed the multiplayer a lot more. But as a complete package, I like Infinite Warfare the best. I mean, that might also be biased because nice. I got uh, Modern Warfare repackaged. But whatever. It, you know, it's it's... And, and to have Overwatch, I mean, Overwatch is not a game that, that really should ever have been come out, coming out for $60. And it's, wow. a, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those ones where you have, like, uh, it's a multiplayer-only game, and paying $60 for a multiplayer-only game these days is a little bit absurd, mainly mm-hmm. because you're not getting a lot of content at that point. And there's a lot of people now that have that, you know, that are, are pissed at these, even these seasons that they're doing, because even, like, if you look at, like the last real Blizzard game to come out that that had a lot of impact was uh, Diablo three. That had yeah. a single player campaign, but you can also jump in with friends. There's also leagues and stuff like that you can also do as well. But there's so much more content to kind of chew on. Where Overwatch is, it's going to be like this game you can you can always go back to. Yes, but how much time are you actually going to put into it, and how much time do you really want to invest into that? <laughs> it depends on depends on who you ask. I think so. A great conversation about the We the Nerdy Top Ten about the game awards games of the year i think we're gonna skip the uh the the playstation experience stuff uh we're gonna go well over but because uh, i want to save time just for a quick comment from you just some overall general thoughts on 2016 with the site and how things are going and like where i guess we'll start with there like how has how has the year been for the site for you i think this has been kind of a, a massive year actually uh, it has i mean we've had a lot of We've had a lot of growth this year in terms of just kind of ranking higher in terms of public public appeal, uh, just growth in general. We've got a lot of – we've had some turnover, yes, in terms of some of our older writers kind of leaving the site or being let go. But it has also given us a resurgence. And mm-hmm. this has been probably next to our really our first year in terms of overall growth. This has been our best year. Um, we have sunk it a little bit in terms of, the, of our Alexa stats. But I also attribute it to being a lot of our guys went back to school uh, for college and everything. And we kind of dropped off a little bit in terms of just getting things out every day. But in the end, we're getting a lot. We're still getting a lot more people. We've had probably the biggest thing we've ever had that's yeah. generating content on a daily basis, yeah. that's generating good content on a daily basis. We have a lot of stuff that just is knocking out of the park. It's just a matter of kind of us getting that out there and kind of making sure the word's out there. And... You know, it, it sucks because we have we have a really good site. You know, honestly, it's it's not me blowing smoke. We have a very very structured site, and it's it's difficult for me to kind of sit back because I I have such a limited amount of time to dedicate to the site anymore. Between being a father of two, having a full time job, and and kind of you know <laughs> that's it. That's all like, you need to yeah, say. <laughs> it's, you know, and then and it might sound selfish, but you know, I do want to have me time and. I do want to have a break from having to worry about work. And, you know, while the site is a passion project for me, there is a lot of work that has to be involved in doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <coughs> there's a lot that has to, you know, there's for people that ever want to get into doing a site that want to rival IGN or like that's, that was originally one of the plans that I want to do for the site was that I wanted to, my original idea when I went back and started doing uh, my first site, which was consultard.com, you can see why that name kind of, went under the <laughs> under the rug it's a different uh, time different time uh 
uh, I wanted to basically create a resume for myself so that I could get hired by IGN. Because yeah. the easiest way I thought of it was if I can't if I can't write for another site, I'll make my own. I'll do this. But then I kind of expanded that thought, kind of brought people on, kind of discovered that you know doing a lot of the back end management is a lot more cumbersome than, than just doing the front end stuff and writing every week. Because I was you know playing a video game for two weeks, writing a review on it, doing a lot of stuff. And I was trying to you know once a week getting a post out to make sure I could get it out. But um, in terms of now, we've grown so much that you know <coughs> we're going to be hitting almost four thousand published articles in a, probably by probably by the end of the year if not beginning of next year that's awesome which is insane because you think about it it's like that that's that's four thousand literal pe- written pieces of documentation we have on our website which is just absolutely just insane from from that must make you of. so proud man because it is it's better to see like a group of people come together and build up this name of we the nerdy and i definitely connect with the name and it's just how inclusive it is and celebratory it is about just let it's us it's just about us we're all being nerdy and let's just all kind of hang out here i've always connected with that which is kind of carried on to the spirit of the show we the gamer cast of bringing people in whether they have a podcast or not or they've wanted to or they're just kind of obsessed with games they can just come on and it kind of has really steered my take on creating this content as well so i I feel like that's got to make you very proud to see four thousand articles it's something that is bigger than you ever could have done on your own obviously oh 100 and and it makes me so proud to see like uh people that are just that are willing to put the time in that you know and and it's funny because there are i've had so many submissions from people that want to write for the site that you know are like well how much are you getting paid i'm like well you're not getting paid anything yeah I'm like, you know, and they're like, oh, this is bullshit. I'm like, you have to understand something. I have probably put at least a couple thousand dollars into this site in terms of hosting fees, transfer fees, domain renewal fees, like all this stuff just to kind of keep the site going. And I'm still not making any of that back. So if I can't make that back, I can't possibly put that money towards you to write for my site. And for you to think that you coming right out of college and having nothing behind you except for a couple written posts on a NeoGAF forum things that you want to want to write for me or <clears throat> have that kind of quality. I'm like, look, end of the day, what you're getting is you're getting free stuff. And, you know, I do my best. I have put myself out there for a lot of things for a lot of free stuff, you know, and if you can get a free $60 game every couple of months to review. I really don't think that that's, you know, a lot to, to ask for. I feel like it, for the paid positions out there as well, and I don't want to dwell on this for too much longer, but for the for the paid writing positions, if you are getting a free game, it sure as heck isn't going to be like Forza Horizon 3 or Call of Duty. It's going to be the the bottom of the barrel stuff. So I, I, I have just really enjoyed being able to contribute to the site, helping however I can. And I think that people need to just, kind of get over themselves a little bit on the whole paid issue because as soon as you start being part of the community it is more rewarding than like the minuscule amount of money you're actually going to make doing this um whatever make up for so i i think we've had an amazing year i thank you so much for putting out all the like you're putting yourself out there so much um and i think that we the nerdy really has grown whether the uh, like in the numbers and then also just in the conversation out there it's been an amazing year and i'm just happy to be part of it man thanks man and another week is over thank you so much to andrew for taking some time talking about 
2016. What a year it's been. Guys, I feel like we said a lot of fairly definitive things there, so, uh, but I want to know what you think. How has your year been? Let's do kind of like a question of the week. I'll, maybe I'll do a little prompty, prompty thingy on the Twitter. Uh, how has your year been? Leave a comment at wethenerdy.com. Tweet at wethegamercast. 2016, maybe versus other years. Let me know your thoughts, just your overall thoughts, 2016. Throw with maybe a, a shout out for your game of the year as we race towards the end of 2016. Thank you again for being here and listening. If you haven't yet, many of you have very kind of you review us on itunes it helps so much every time a new review goes up we get more people listening it's just as simple as that so if you haven't if you're taking a poop it's a perfect time to go on to itunes leave a little five star little comment just that uh you like the show that would be great i would really appreciate it and we're, we're gonna be back next week we have some great guests lined up for the end of the year. It's just a matter of when, what order does it go? Maybe getting some Ed Placencia on the show. Maybe a, a special Christmas episode might be lined up. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can listen to me on a few other shows. I do a movie podcast with Gary Taru. It's called Nerdflix and Chill. It episode, uh, What does it do? It airs every Friday on WeTheNerdy.com and iTunes and YouTube.com slash WeTheNerdy. Uh, you can also find me on If We Ran Nintendo. I talked about the top of the show. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube.com slash NintendoGuru. Um, what else? I want to do this. How about this is just a thank you? This was going to be a contest. But if you have a PlayStation 3 and you like anime stuff, first one to take it it's yours if you listen to the show early then um dave moore johnny casino i think he might have a good shot at this tokyo twilight ghost hunters um i think this code still works if it doesn't let me know but uh here it is get ready with your pens and pencils and wax crayons everybody this is for ps3 a a g n m as in mother p as in peter n as in never never land b as in brother 6-A-J-H A-A-G-N M-P-N-B 6-A-J-H That's for Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters. It's a free code. It's just a thank you for listening. And if you get it, let me know. I'll tweet it out. Let everybody know that it's gone. And that is that. Otherwise, this has been episode 60 of We The Gamer Cast. It's now in your ears. Thank you so much for listening. We're racing towards the end of 2016, so that means I'm going to be back next week. I hope you're there too. And now it's time for Jason. Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Sean, where are you? Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!